When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Danny Murphy, and I'm with Danny Murphy because Sarah is on vacation. You know how the end of summer goes. Everybody has their fun vacays, which we are so happy Sarah gets some well-deserved chill time, even though I did see that she brought her laptop, which I feel like is against vacation protocols. Um, I do also feel everybody is on vacation right now, which is why this will be the special guest of this podcast episode is me. And I'm not offended so long as every person I asked who's out of town, if they're all on vacation together, I'll be annoyed. But if they're all just doing their own thing, I am okay with it. But I am very, I feel I have so many thoughts on what is going to be discussed today. And I'm assuming all of you do too, that I might just need to shout into a void on my own for it. But before we get into that, I also do want to say for anybody who is I mean, obviously, you're most likely a true crime fan if you are listening to this right now. And if you're not, happy you found it. But uh, Investigation Discovery, their show Crimes Gone Viral, comes back the 22nd, so tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. And I am a little commentator on it. So if you want to watch me, I think I wore a cardigan because I wanted to look like TV professional, and I don't know if cardigans are, you know, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I wore, but I, I wore something and I talked about something and that premieres. So I hope you enjoy that if you check it out. And if you don't, let's get into the blind side because I remember this movie coming out, of course, and everybody, uh, people loved it. I think people love because they love Sandra Bullock. Who doesn't? I mean, what a lady. But it was one of those movies where everyone, I feel they're kind of like, Oh, but also then in hindsight, you're kind of like, uh, what's going on here? So there's, and I feel if any, and I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter being like, it gave them vibes from the start. And I think maybe they were just picking up on all of this. And I also, before getting into all of them, I looked at three different sources. I The name, the, the family's name is Tuies. They're the Tuies. I thought it was the like, Chips to Hoys. I thought they were the Tahoys, but it's the Tuies. And if it ended up not being the Tuies, you could take that up with CNN and CBS because I listened to their <laughs> news outlets uh, for that. So here's like the original story about all of this. Well, how they came into being known as the Blind Side, how they got into all of this more so notoriety. So this movie it was based on a book written by Michael Lewis, and it tells the story of Michael Orr as an impoverished youth who, with the help of the Tuies, worked his way to the NFL. They kind of were just like, oh, you know, like the kind of these people just pulled up to the side of the road, kind of doing the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, like, I just want to take another look at you, get in the car, we'll give you that, we'll take you to the NFL type of situation. 
Uh, we'll get into that. And it came out in like, uh, the book came out in 2006 and the movie came out in 2009. So over both of these, well over a decade ago. And Sandra Bullock got herself an Oscar from this, like won a ton of awards and also made a lot of money. It has grossed over $300 million, which I know if you're Barbie, you're like, oh, that's nice. But for a movie standard, it's very insanely good. And Michael, who's now 37, he's had an extremely, extremely successful uh, football career. He's played for the Ravens, the Titans, the Panthers. Oh, my. Over eight years in the NFL. And he this came after he had an award-filled career at Ole Miss, uh, which Ole Miss kind of gets involved in a lot of this, not the school, but... It's important that he went there for a lot of the details that come into some of the shady findings we're finding out. But because he was so successful there, it led to him being the offensive lineman, being a first-round pick in the 2009 NFL draft. So it really set him up for a lot of success. But an interesting thing just to note off the bat, because that's the whole thing. The Tuies were like, oh, we helped him kind of become this like NFL superstar. He was already playing football. Like to do sport, he was naturally extremely talented. And also he was doing very well as a football player before coming into their life. You know what I mean? But why am I discussing a movie starring Sandra Bullock from 2009? This week, I feel you all know, uh, Michael Orr made so many headlines this week. Uh, the ex-NFLer claims that Sean and Leanne Tui never officially adopted him, but instead tricked him into signing away the legal authority to use his name in business deals after he turned 18. And a lot of this information comes from the legal filing that ESPN is covering like a hawk. So I, I my cookies are confused because I have been on ESPN.com more this week than any, I, I've never been on ESPN before. So getting a lot of the information from them and also just various news outlets because so many places are covering it. So there's this 14-page petition that uh, was filed in Shelby County, Tennessee in the probate court. It further claims that the Tuies used their conservatorship to make themselves and their birth children millions of dollars in royalties from the 2009 film, which obviously starred Sandra Bullock, but I should also shout out Tim McGraw's in there too. Good for him. And I mean, of course, if we didn't totally understand the concept of a conservatorship and anything like that before, Britney Spears, newly single, don't have to get into that now, helped us kind of understand the oftentimes dark, shady, unbeneficial to the one person in the conservatorship situation. So it really is also brought to light in all of this. In the legal filing, it goes on to say, the lie of Michael's adoption is one upon which co-conservators Leanne Tui and Sean Tui have enriched themselves at the expense of their ward, the the undesigned Michael Orr. Michael Orr discovered this lie to his chagrin and embarrassment in February of 2023, when he learned that the conservatorship to which he consented on the basis that doing so would make him a member of the Tui family, in fact, provided him no familial relationship with the Tuis. We're going to get into why that conversation uh, took place and Ole Miss is involved, uh, but it kind of, the realization that like, oh, that doesn't mean it's like, the, the way it was sold to him was kind of that it was like, an adult adoption process, you know what I mean? Versus anything, versus what an actual conservatorship kind of carries out to be. And much of the Tui's wealth, well, this is one of the many things I get, because obviously 
It's already, it's been like five days of this story. Already a lot of messy back and forth. So what the filing is really kind of talking about a lot is that so much of the Tui's wealth is from the success of The Blind Side, thanks to a deal they uh, did with the film producers. The Tui's are kind of saying like, oh, we're just rich. <laughs> like, we'll get into, I guess, they 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 have a lot of money in a lot of different avenues. So I just need to put that out there because even though Sarah's not here, I know she she is our legality, do not sue me, allegedly expert. So I, Tui's, I, I, don't come for me. According to the bombshell court documents, though, filed last Monday, uh, the Tuies and their two biological children received royalties from the film of about $225,000 each, plus 2.5% of the movie's net proceeds, while Michael allegedly got zero. Which even that sentence alone, I, I mean, I haven't, I don't, I think I saw this movie the one time it came out. Are the biological children even in it? I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Why are they getting cuts of this story that's besides the point, but also it, it just that just really feels weird, and it's also that funny thing where I kind of think they're starting to get in the negotiational tactic where they're like, I mean, is two hundred twenty five thousand dollars even a lot of money? And I'm like, yeah, it is. So you can shut up. Uh, and also the net proceeds, which I mean are currently undisclosed, but uh, mathematicians out there I think can gross three hundred million. You can probably cut and divide. Uh, Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally your way to figuring out how much money they actually uh, profited from that. So uh, further statements in the loss in the the filing against them are saying that it's kind of interesting that the whole they're getting all this profit off of a story that really is about Michael's life. And uh, people are even also saying in hindsight, again, I have not seen this movie or honestly thought about it since uh it came out but it, it kind of is this savior complex of like this homeless black teen being adopted by this well-off white family and becomes this nfl star and he couldn't have done it all without this girl named leanne okay and it gets interesting because had michael been legally adopted he would have had retained the power to handle his own finances because that's obviously what so much of and i just bring up Brittany because i feel that me personally that's where i learned so much about conservatorship you're not really able to people are conservators over you so you're not really able to look at the financial makings or choices or anything around those lines so yeah if he was legally adopted he would have retained that power but the conservatorship gave all of that authority to the twoies when it comes to the plant-based eating debate there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. 
F-O-O-D-S dot com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Another interesting thing, because rich people like to retain their wealth in a lot of different ways. Of course, after this movie came out with a book that was written by this other person, I guess the two he's realized, oh, books make money too. So they wrote themselves a book called In a Heartbeat, Sharing the Power of Cheerful Giving. I'm already like, is TJ Maxx suing them for stealing all their pillows? And just combining it. Because that title is a mad lib of TJ Maxx pillows and kitchen signs. In a heartbeat, sharing the power of cheerful giving. I'm also laughing because it's like, obviously you could tell she's like, oh, in a heartbeat, I did all this and I do it again. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I I, I wouldn't be surprised that you would just take in someone, have them sign their lives away to you and profit off of them. Allegedly. Uh, So yeah, in a heartbeat. And also cheerful giving. I'm kind of like, is that like, are we are we are we like talking about like cheerleaders? It, it was making me. What can I say? It, it was it was annoying me. <laughs> but maybe that's just maybe that is just me. But I feel there are a lot of people eye rolling at that title as well. And where it gets really fascinating is in this book, they never say the word conservatorship because in the movie and from. I feel everyone's understanding of this story, it was like an adoption story where they kind of went in and did the legal adoption, everything like that. So the conservatorship was never said, but they do mention adoption here and there, which kind of is making people go like, "Um, so were you kind of like lying about that part? And here's the chapter from it. So yeah, they say adoption more than 30 times. So one of the passages is, So the idea of adopting Michael came to us quite naturally. One evening, we told him that we wanted to formally become his guardians. It wasn't an executive family session or anything. We were all just lounging around the dining table. Already calling bullshit, because how do you lounge around a table? Uh, And then they have this whole little, like, uh, uh, we were thinking of making this official. How do you feel? We told him it might involve some paperwork, and that his biological mother would have to go in court. And then he said, I already thought I was part of the family. We said, you are. Well, let's do it then. Okay, fine. (laughs) Okay. Very, like, sweet. Sweet, but no. And also just kind of like the hindsight of it where it's like, I'm sure Michael does not have the time to go back and like look at every single line, but I'm like, was this actually the conversation that happened? And even the blind side, the book, the Michael Lewis book, never used the term conservatorship either. They said all of this to be like, they were like, he couldn't be adopted because he was over the age of 18. And we'll get into why they really wanted to have him be part of the family. But to counter the first claim that adoption you can't have over the age of 18, ESPN reached out to Elizabeth Psar, who was a Knoxville in Tennessee, so where this all is going down, 
family attorney who's been practicing for uh, almost a decade. She said that the Tuohys could have adopted Michael as long as his birth parents were notified, and he agreed to the process. And according to the document, uh, Michael's mother, Denise, signed off on the conservatorship. So she was notified. So, And she was, uh, of course, okay with that. So I could not imagine a realm in which she would not be okay with the adoption paperwork or the adoption process. And uh, she also went on to say that adults can be adopted in Tennessee, but obviously also the adults have to consent to it. So for someone to be adopted, it would have taken a lawyer to file a court petition And it would have been easy to file that like you do anything else, she said. And I mean, of course, the two roadblocks that were just presented by her, biological parent and the person over the age of 18 needed to consent, and they had both of that. Also, the whole thing with the conservatorship is that Sean told the Memphinian, that local newspaper, the Memphinian, I've been to Memphis twice. I've yet, I I, I have not picked up the Memphinian but you know next time i go there i will because i'll ask them how to pronounce it correctly uh but he also brought up that the whole idea of the conservatorship was to avoid violating ncaa recruiting rules since he was a former old miss basketball player could be classified as a booster a booster is anyone who has provided a donation in order to obtain season tickets for any sport or university, participated in or has been a member of an organization promoting the university's athletic interest. And I guess that could mess up his chances. I, from uh, also hearkening back to uh, Olivia Jade and Lori Lockland, I think just being rich and being affiliated with the school just helps people that you know. But who knows? Sean went on to say, Michael was obviously living with us for a long time, and the NCAA didn't like that. Maybe because they felt that he was just like training him a lot too, but also you played basketball, he's playing football. It's kind of like Avril Lavigne, he was a boy, she was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? They said the only way Michael could go to Ole Miss was if he actually was part of the family. I guess, I don't know if this also was a conversation they had lounging around the dining table, but they sat him down and said... Michael, if you're planning to go to Ole Miss, or even considering Ole Miss, we think you have to be part of our family, and that would have to happen legally. So all of that is how this conservatorship was born. Also very interesting, too, kind of added level here that I'm now just thinking on. They took this kid in, being like, oh, we're going to make you this huge, amazing player. (gasps) If we don't have you in this conservatorship, I don't think you can go to Ole Miss. (gasps) So I don't know what you're going to do. So truly really painted kind of into a corner, in my opinion, processing this information with all of you. So Michael is seeking to end the Tui's conservatorship and wants an injunction to bar them from using his name and likeness, in addition to an accounting of the money they uh, like earned off of his name already, a fair share of the profits, and punitive damages. I feel that's all. But he's kind of just like, this has been going on for a while. Can we just be done? Can we be done? Can you stop mentioning my name? Get checks, everything like that. And also, can we have someone look back through some books to show me some of the car facts, some of the money? Since at least August of 2004, conservators have allowed Michael specifically and the public generally to believe that the conservators adopted Michael and have used that untruth to gain financial advantages for themselves and the foundations which they own or which they exercise control, the petition says. All monies made in said manner should, in all conscience and equity, be 
uh, like paid over to Michael because they kind of have been using his name and his story untruthfully. If they like sincerely adopted him and were treating him in a proper way in terms of financial compensation, he probably would even more so then be like, okay, let me maybe go in with you on these foundations or something like that because it means a lot to me and it's XYZ versus the kind of way they've been going about it now. Michael also has been a critic of the movie, claiming it was a burden to his football career, because I'm also assuming, I mean, again, I'm not that familiar with ESPN or the NFL that much. Uh, Go Giants, because I'm recording this in New Jersey right now. But um, I'm assuming so much of his football career, every other word was probably the blind side or the Tui family or in interviews. It's like, how do you feel? Sandra Bolt? Like, I'm sure you know, just a lot of things that probably were very annoying to him to handle being a professional. And the Tuis, who reportedly now are worth over a combined $75 million, pause for that and also pause because something I feel like when I was even doing some more research, which we'll get into their lavish lifestyle next, I think they might even have some more than that. I don't know. Uh, But they live in Memphis, where according to the Memphis Business Journal, they own a total of five different properties in the Shelby County area. Michael portably lives with his family in Brentwood, Tennessee, and I don't know if this is as surprising to anybody, does not really have a relation currently with the Tuies. Um, The former star offense does not have any photos of them on Instagram and does not follow any of them. Um, I like even, too, that sometimes legal stuff gets petty. I guess, like, lawsuits kind of inherently could be, because it's like, he doesn't. He hasn't liked an Instagram post of theirs in years. No, the Christmas Carousel. No, no, no like. So, I guess like if you want to take away anything from this episode so far, just a pocket for your own life. Be careful who you follow and unfollow because it might, I guess, uh, find its way to a court of law. I don't know if someone could. You imagine if one of your friends could sue you because it's like. No, we're in three group chats together, but she hasn't liked a single one of my posts in two and a half months. I mean, that actually, do you blame the algorithm? Or do you blame yourself? We'll unpack that. Like, There's some, I feel like, relationship and therapy podcasts on this Betches network that maybe could unpack that a little bit more. What I'm going to unpack with you right now, the family's lavish life. So a little more details about this blindside family who, quote, not so much, quote, adopted Michael and then cut him out of the multi-million dollar paycheck they got from the film. They live mass. They live large. They spent money on private jets, pricey vacations, while like also, I don't know, I haven't dug deep into their Instas, but apparently they uh, showed these splurges on social media. I don't know if they were kind of like... uh, uh, like if it was like another day, another Birkin vibes. I don't know if they're just like swimming in dollar bills. I don't know if maybe Leanne just got herself. She's like, oh, when I go to Chico's, I don't even look. I just swipe. Something like that. But lawyer Steve uh, Faresi said that the Tui's wealth outside of Michael, who uh, made more like than $30 million during his eight-year NFL career, was more than enough for them to live all of that. I also, I mean, now we're getting into money that in the spirit of manifestation, I'll say maybe I will see $30 million one day. But in present reality, 
not so much. But I, 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 I like thirty million dollars over an eight-year NFL career. That seems so, so, so much. But I, from what I've seen from NFL deals, that's like kind of standard. I don't. Again, any sporty spices out there, help me out. But all I'm saying is like that. I kind of. It's interesting that they're like bringing that up. The Tui's are bringing that up when it's like, yeah, he made money from being a professional athlete. Uh, that's what athletes do. That's what professional athletes do. I, um, their lawyer went on to say, they don't need his money. They've never needed his money. Mr. Tui one day sold his company for $220 million. I do LOL because I want to say, I just want to say to Steve Ferresi, I've never um, heard of a rich person going, oh, oh my God, no, we actually, I know I have too much money right now. I'd please do not deposit another penny in my account. I have too much money. I, I know. I just sold a company. I don't need your money. Stop. Like The rich people get rich because they want more money. So uh, I don't think the twoies are like, I don't think they're turning a blind eye on the blind side cash checks. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Sean and Leanne, both 63. They're on display. They, they've been photographed so many times at the Cessna Cetacean Bravo private jet. I know I said all those words wrong, but if I live in a studio apartment, do you think I'm going to know how to pronounce a private jet company? No. So moving on. According to the aircraft charter company, Desert Jet, a trip on the seven-seat jet runs travelers about $3,100 an hour. Oh, God. Also, seven seats? That's so tight. I mean, I, I always tell myself that I would never want to be in a private jet because it kind of scares me. Would I want to? No, I don't think I would. I just let me, I would always rather just ball out because whenever, you know, when you walk back and you just see all the people in the first class seats and you're just like, oh, you look so comfy cozy. Just kind of let me do that. So when I manifest my $30 million for playing in the NFL, I'll, you'll always catch me in first class, never on a private jet. And that is if they rent it. So people are also wondering, like, maybe if they bought the plane, they could have spent upwards of $2 million depending on the model year. Uh, they also uh, go out a lot in Park City, Utah. Very swanky place. They've also been seen at the St. Regis Deer Valley, a luxury ski resort where nightly rates average more than $1,000. I'm not going to defend them, but I'll say I feel like, I don't know, is that standard price for a ski? Ski resorts to me just sound very expensive, so I, I, I also don't ski. I don't do a lot of the activities that I feel give up. I, 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 I'd rather just Uber to dinner. That's, uh, that's my skiing. People kind of also have now just been calling out, it was like the, the calling out of them, like, they, like I feel it is kind of getting to an LOL level. It's like they were outside the Eiffel Tower once. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't know if that is flaunting wealth or them just going to Paris. You know what I'm saying? Uh, still not on their side, allegedly, in my personal opinion, but I'm just saying you can go to the Leaning Tower Pisa. My favorite, though, is because obviously this is what happens a lot when a news story, because the story is, of course, everywhere. People just always looking for more angles for it. <laughs> and I guess like search engine optimization, SEO, this next sentence is probably like a fever dream of it where it's like, Leanne, the woman from the blind side, had a party bus to see the Barbie movie. Okay. Um, I more so care about what they're doing with the money and how they're going to give the money back to Michael. But LOL that she went to the party bus for Barbie. Uh, despite the recent splurges, the couple appear to also be living 
just fine before the film came out. In the early 2000s, the Tuies purchased over 100 different fast food franchises locations. This is when I kind of got to, um, is this how rich people get rich? Like, I have to buy a Taco Bell? I, I'm like, I, I don't understand how you buy franchises of things. But they had like over 115, like a KFC, a Taco Bell, a Freddy's Frozen Custard through their restaurant company, RGT Management, according to the Franchise Times. But also in the wake of the film's success, like I mentioned, they wrote that novel. Everybody say it on the count of three. One, two, three. In a heartbeat, sharing the power of cheerful giving, which also was a New York Times bestseller. And Lee, she was a little, for a little bit of a time, a design team leader on ABC Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Uh, I wouldn't want... I, I I don't know if I need her to redo my home, but uh, okay, I'll let... I'll, I'll just move on. It's also kind of like internet sleuths are really... I've never felt older in my entire life. Why did I just say internet sleuths? That feels so old. Any Okay. God, apply the retinol. Uh, but people are seeing them on just kind of getting called out more online. And all roads lead back to Bravo because they were on an episode of Below Deck. In 2017, and the Tuies were apparently not their best selves on it. They were on the episode and kind of very annoying to the chef, being very demanding. It's kind of what everybody does on Below Deck, but I'm like, why are you embarrassing yourself on there? Uh, they also uh, talked, like Captain Lee asked Sean how the Oscar Daver film and book came to be. And Sean said that Michael Lewis, the author, they went to school together since they were five. And then went on to say, I got a call from Steven Spielberg. Jorge Hornstein. And I had to give them the rights to use our names. And then Sean said, I'll give you the rights if I get to read the script and approve or unapprove. Sure enough, seven months later, we got an envelope and it's the script of the movie. Internet sleuths, people online also are just calling out and I just have to call this out. Again, I'm not seeing this being reported a lot of places, but it's been retweeted online by a lot of people that I follow on Twitter that there was this post that Leanne shared of just like with these two kids where she said we see what we want it's the gospel truth her next book title these two and it's like these two young black boys these two were literally huddled over in a corner table nose to nose and the person with me said i bet they are up to no good well you know me leanne said i walked over told him to scoot over after 10 seconds of dead silence i said so what's happening at this table Wait, I'm also like pausing her weird caption. Why is this? Is this why I'm single? Because I feel like that's how I would flirt sometimes. I would just go to a table of two people minding their business going, scoot over. And then after the longest pause, I'm like, so what's happening at this table? <laughs> I have to, I have to reevaluate my, 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 my game. I have to, I have millionaire matchmaker has to come back on a budget for me. Um, so anyway, back to this post. She gets nothing as a reply, and then she explained it was my store and they should spill it. They showed me their phones, and they were texting friends trying to scrape up $3 each for the high school basketball game. Well, they left with smiles, money for popcorn, and bus fare. We have to stop judging people and assuming and pigeonholing people. Don't judge a book by its cover or however you'd like to express a sentiment. Accept others and stopping seeing what you want to see. Three exclamation points. It gets to, so she posted that, I think kind of just to give herself a little like, I guess she wanted some more attention that day. Who really, 
who really knows? But then the part where it gets even more interesting is the replies. The boys commented on this when someone shared it. And one of the boys says, yeah, like people don't know what really happened because I actually had money. I have a job and I've had one for over a year. I was going to pay for my brother, the other guy in the picture, but he was insisting on waiting for his uncle. But his phone was dying, so we were charging, uh, it, which is why we were at the KFC in the first place, and the game was only a three-minute walk up the street. I don't see why she said bus fare. That kind of ticked me off a little, but the way she worded it is making us seem less fortunate, and that isn't the case at all. And when she came over to us, she never mentioned her initial reason was because of her friend's comment, I'm just now finding that out. Uh, and then someone replied, may I ask if she asked for the photo? And the kid further went on to reply, yeah, she never actually asked for it. As she was handing us the money, she was like, hey, you know what? I think this would be a great picture. And everyone with her was like, yeah, totally. So we just kind of went along with the situation. Like, sure, why not? You're Michael Orr's mom. But the whole time I was thinking, you know, why did she come up to us in the first place? I was still clueless up until she posted the picture on social media and stated, the person with me said, I bet they're up to no good. So just kind of very bizarro land all around. Sandra Bullock is also apparently heartbroken about all of this news coming out. I would not expect a ton of, I don't know how much comment, because I'm not sure if you're aware, she lost her like partner of a few years to ALS, uh, like literally a week ago or so. So I don't, I think that she's probably a little preoccupied not getting involved with this. But the main question is, so what really is next with all of this? So, I mean, the kind of like overarching everything is that, um, the family now, of course, is saying that they're insulted by the swindling claims. Sean Tui said that this all devastated the family and kind of going on to the points that the conservatorship was drawn up to make sure that he was able to play at University of Mississippi. And he said that lawyers said they couldn't adopt him even though uh, the woman who was practicing around the time that they were doing the option said that they could have. Who knows? Uh, they also said they didn't make any money off the movie. Tui went on to say, well, Michael Lewis, the author of the book, gave us half of his share. Everyone in the family got an equal share, including Michael. It was about 14000 each. Tui, kind of like we mentioned earlier, sold his conglomerate of fast food franchises and took affront to the idea that he would want to profit off of Michael. He says, I will say it's upsetting that people would think I'd want to make money off of any of my children. What is happening now and i mean who knows by uh when this comes out maybe it will already be in place but probably not they are intending to end the conservatorship for michael uh michael filed a petition uh like we mentioned to end it and the court records show michael signed the conservatorship papers in august 2004 three months after his 18th birthday uh and legal experts are all like there's no basis for this even to exist sean again saying that it was just for the protection for the old miss of it all and everything like that uh, so hopefully that just kind of gets dissolved because why did it even exist in the first place? Michael Singer, not to be confused with Marty Singer, who is the person who represents uh, a lot of Hollywood people and representing Lizzo right now in all of her stuff. But Michael Singer, the uh, attorney, one of the attorneys for the Tuies, said Tuesday that Michael threatened to plant a negative story in the press about the family unless they paid him $15 million. Singer denied the allegations leveled against the Tui family in Michael's position and the conservatorship, calling them Hurtful and absurd, Singer added that the family had been upfront about how and why the conservatorship was established and that they never opposed it in any way. Um, I would LOL if they're so upfront about it. Why 
Was it not in any of the books? You know what I'm saying? That's just an interesting thing. From the author of the book, though, he also is now commenting a little bit. Michael Lewis, whose book, you know, all of this based on, he broke his silence. He told the Washington Post that no one who was involved in the book saw millions of dollars from the movie. The movie earned nearly $310 million from the box office, which I'm like, so I feel like people, I feel like some checks were cleared. But his whole thing was that he kind of, I think, just like looked up mad libs of a trending story to be like, who can I blame? And he was like, you know what? Everyone should be mad at the system, the Hollywood studio system. He said that Michael should join the writer's strike. What? Okay. I mean, yes, everyone should be supporting the uh, WGA and the SAG strike. But why is Michael involved? Why does Michael have to go? What? It's outrageous how Hollywood accounting works. But the money is not in the Tui's pockets. Lewis said that the studio paid 250 k for the option to make the book into a movie. And he said the split the money evenly and that the Tui split their fare. I mean, who really, but also we don't really know. We don't really see the records of how the shares even went down. Lewis also said that the Tui family planned to share the money with Michael, but the NFL player declined his royalty checks. No, you did not just lose Wi Fi. I'm pausing because what a. Who? D- declining royalty checks. Does that. Does that. Who, who? Why would. No. Lewis said he thought the Tui family had put the checks into a trust for Michael's family down the line. Um, something tells me they did not. And something tells me I don't even know if there was a discussion about the royalty checks. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of very interesting point of view because I like how that's like, they're like, no, oh my God, we were begging to give him money, but we just kind of, we, we just didn't. We're sorry. We're, we're sorry. What's happening? And uh, just as a final, a final update for all of this, for some reason, I mean, I guess not some reason, I guess this makes sense. SJ Tui, uh, the son of Sean and Leanne, fine, says it was interviewed by Barstool. And said he finds it hard to believe that Michael only found out about the conservatorship in February and hinted also kind of uh, aligns with their legal team that uh, it's kind of a shakedown and hinted that there'd be some threatening stuff uh, that Michael would release about them. Here's what SJ had to say. I went back to my text today to go back to look at our family group text and see what things had been said. And there were things back in 2020, 2021 that were like, if you guys give me this much, then I won't go public with things. Uh, one of the people of Michael's team said in a statement, we try cases in the courtroom based on the facts. We have confidence in our judicial system and in our client, Michael Orr. That is what's really interesting. Uh, I mean, that's also a really good lawyer because what a what a mic drop that like, oh, you're on Barstool Sports saying you're reading alleged text messages. Legal, uh, we're we're going to just go with the, with the facts of it all because this is also after... Uh, uh, the son, uh, uh, SJ, said he understands why Michael's upset, but he is rebutting claims that his family made $2 million off the film. And he said, man, if I had $2 million in my bank account right now, it would be in my email signature and say, sign SJ Tui, multi-millionaire. Uh, cute try, sir, but I just took a look at your face and you look like someone that is still on your family's not only cell phone plan, but also getting monthly direct deposits from your 
allegedly, because I don't want Sarah to have to come back to a lawsuit <laughs> from, from this solo episode. But yeah, I'm going to be very curious to see what plays out in court for this. I'm very, it really looks like this is not going to be one that settles outside of court. I know that's what um, we didn't get into Lizzo yet on this podcast, but it just for like currently trending things. Uh, that looks like one that will settle, but I feel like from what both legal sides are feeling and just from the energy Michael's team is giving and Michael, I think they're definitely going to want to take this to a larger court system. And I'm very curious to see how that plays out. And we will, of course, be keeping you guys updated here on Not Another True Crime Podcast. So make sure you rate, review, and follow along. Let us know also all your thoughts in the Facebook group, Not Another True Crime group. You could follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram. And you could follow me at Cashmere Dana, Cashmere with a K on Instagram as well. I will probably never be talking that much about football. But uh, when football comes over into the Not Another True Crime space, it will get discussed. So uh, until next week, we'll talk to you then. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.